Alright. Three, two, one. Alright, welcome back to Strange Range. Brett is out of town this week, so I have been joined remotely by our good friend Wizbang. Hello. Another, the other guy behind the Wizbang. The guy behind the guy. <laughs> who is a guy behind another guy. Which one's real? Which one's fake? I don't know. I don't know anything, dude. Honestly, it's kind of blending together at this point. It really is. And, you know, yep. that's the, the trouble with creating a um, little character to dump all of your schizophrenic nonsense into. <laughs> your personalities are becoming inseparable. It's yeah, indistinguishable. It's, it's a toughie, you know, because <laughs> you look into certain things and then you're like, huh. That seems to make a lot of sense on a occult or spiritual level, and you try to roll that into a whizbang thing, and it's like, oh shit, am I just in here puffing these paint fumes too? Or or did you create that character, or did that character create you? I suppose is the question that that we're all begging to know. So that's a good question. So there's this. Uh, mm, uh, maybe a principle or theory or something or other called the Akashic Records. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. So basically, it's a principle or theory, whatever you want to call it, that the sum of all knowledge is accessible to every conscious being, and you just need to know how to tap into it. So everything that is known or will ever be known or et cetera, et cetera, is in this place out there somewhere and it's accessible to you and me. So with a uh, whiz bang or all of the other strange bullshit I get on, is it me or is it him or is it something from the great oh. beyond? My God, you yeah, you may it may have been neither of those options. That that character may have been created by a completely different entity. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Uh, okay, so as some of you may have noticed, we are we may sound a little different than normal. Um, we're doing this re- remotely. We've been talking about uh, doing some content through Discord, so we're testing that out while Brett is away. Uh, fucking asshole's been sending me pictures of the food that he's been eating down there. Piece of shit. I know he. <laughs> he doesn't send me zero. shit, Chase. Yeah, I am just, I'm just the step, redheaded stepchild. I think he's intimidated. I think he's got a crush on you. I think he, you're onto something. <laughs> Seems like a lot of men are approaching me in very uncouth ways these days. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you're getting rubbed up on. Your your weenus is getting groped at work. Yeah, that was fucking icky, dude. <laughs> that made my butt hair stand up. <laughs> and not in a good way. It was like a oh no. Uh it's you know, it it's the hair. It's the hair. It is the hair. It has to be. I just got it cut too. And looping back to what we were talking about, I haven't had a haircut since twenty nineteen. Because I'm not going to go get a haircut while I'm wearing a, a mask. And my hair is really long, and so you kind of have to maintain it. And, uh, well, went up to Whitefish. And for our listeners, that's like the rich person place that nobody really likes going except for people out of town. And the people who, I'll call them cityites or <laughs> urbanites. Just people, people who have Pelotons and... 
It's like, yeah, it's a place for people with pelotons. That's a pretty good description. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a douchebag central, and so I'm like, oh, okay, fuck. I got a recommendation from a lady who's working at Harbor Freight about this hairdresser, and I'm like, well, I'll take a chance. There's another story in here, but I'm not going to get into that <laughs> for the sake of time. Anyway, go up to Whitefish. Mesh pretty well with the hairdresser, which is saying a lot because I've had some pretty bad experiences. Another story for another time. And anyway, I'm coming down from Whitefish, and there's trees all around. And I can feel it, man. You know what I could feel, Chase? What could you feel, Nick? The trees are waking up again. And the whole earth is waking up again. Everything's waking up again. And <laughs> if you have long hair or, you know, just a little bit of hair too, you can hear it if you listen. And I think that's what ultimately bugs people in the woods is that they can hear it, but they don't know what they're hearing. Makes you, know you uncomfortable. Yeah, that's why I, I cut off uh, most of my connection to the earth for a few months. I got to take a break. Well, how did went you down do that? To, went down, well, I went down to the short mullet instead of the uh, long yeah. glorious locks. I uh, Samsoned myself. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. And I, and I always say that to people. They were like, why do you have long hair? And it's like, didn't you go to Sunday school? You're from Montana. Don't right? you remember Samson? And they're like, oh, no, because it's not a part of a feel-good, let's feel good, Jesus loves you gospel. It's <laughs> just not the part of the Bible that people talk about at church because it doesn't make money. It's actually, it was always one of my favorite stories because it's just about untrustworthy bitches. <laughs> yeah, fucking, fucking, uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It really is. You break it down. That's what it's about. <laughs> Uh, Nick, yeah. I just realized that, uh, we should probably, I've got you on the microphone for a, a finite amount of time. We should talk about dreams. Okay. So what about dreams? Um, Ooh, what do you want to know about a, dreams? I know that's a, I know that's a big one. Um, yeah. so we've, t we've talked about it in the past, uh, as far as like, uh, entry level lucid dreaming. Yeah. Um, now, I know that's something that you do and are interested in that topic. Um, yeah. Do you, do you, I, I know we've had this conversation before, but do you remember when that started for you? Um, so really young. Um, and this is always the case with people who uh, go through a lot of traumatic experiences, especially at a young age, you kind of get shaken up mentally. And that's a real, uh, weird thing to say, and uh, people don't take it seriously. They think, oh, it's just you know your trauma expressing itself through stress, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when you're you go through traumatic experiences as a young person, your adrenal system goes into overdrive, and your mind starts racing, and it starts to outrun these thoughts and recollections of things, and as a result. <sighs> It's, it sounds schizophrenic. All this sounds schizophrenic. And that's fine. If you want to take it that way, I don't give a shit. I have a clean bill of health from a psychiatrist. Lots of them actually thank you very much. And they're like, well, yeah, you're fine. You just have, 
you know, shit that you need to work through, and I have, and yet here I am. Getting back to the point, though, um, oh, first one was like five or six, and I didn't know what to do with it um, because I would fall asleep and then get up because as a, you know, a kid, um, that seems like the most comfortable avenue to explore dream spaces where you fall asleep, become conscious, and your mind spits out, hey, you're just in your room, everything's okay. And I just play with my toys. And so in, in the dream state. Yeah. And so I got a lot of a lot of safe time and a lot of quiet time in a lucid dream space. Um and it became kind of a double edged sword and something that I could kind of tap into a little bit through dissociation because I wasn't dealing with trauma where I could wakefully lucid dream almost. That's just the level of dissociation uh, <laughs> that I, I, I could do and could do. I could still do it. I could just totally not be home and not respond to anything, be completely catatonic just if I wanted out. to. Oh, yeah. And a really disturbing, like, dude, I'm done. I'm gone. Way. Um, it's not anything to brag about. It's not healthy. It's not good. But that's just the the level of, um, I guess, imagination is the word, if you want to use that word. Or um, if you want to use a more cool, trendy word like arcane or, you know, what have you. That but, is uh, interesting, though, because as far as like uh, the connection with trauma is concerned, because I think that when I started, I guess for just to back up a little bit for people that somehow don't know what a lucid dream is, um, essentially like the, uh, the basis is it's a dream that you become aware is a dream while you're dreaming. Um, and that's that's a much deeper pool. Um, but yeah, I think I think when I the first time I remember it happening was probably around the same age, but f yeah, f four or five um that was like following my parents divorce and like a move to a different state and like you know that whole normal angsty divorce kid shit um but i never thought about that uh that connection before that's interesting yeah definitely and that's what a lot of religious ceremonies for shamans or knowing ones or whatever you want to call them is that's um forced trauma experience when you're becoming a man in most cultures, you go through a rite of passage. We don't have that anymore. And there's nothing, nothing that separates men from boys except for like a, a mortgage, maybe, in yeah. this country. And like, yeah, that, that's a real painful, traumatic experience, having one of those and having that hang over your head. But um, these uh, trauma experiences shape the way our minds work shape the way our souls work uh, because those are two separate things uh, your mind and your soul and people um, have a hard time understanding that because they have this internal monologue going all the time but uh, getting back to the point here with lucid dreaming sorry I know I ramble I don't know yeah, if you're good, good that's for, good for that's what a podcast is yeah but uh <laughs> just two um, dudes shitting around right exactly <laughs> <laughs> really should uh see if we're gonna get a copyright strike or whatever how that works if we uh, welcome suck my ass 
Yeah, no, he he, he might find this funny. He's like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy's nuts. That's <laughs> my we've best been trying. Yeah, right, so I, don't right. know, I think we've talked about Dudesy on this show before. Yeah, I think we did like most of an episode on it when I the first episode came out. Dudesy's yeah. a pretty cool podcast. <laughs> so we're trying to like slowly take, o- take over their, their algorithm so they can start mentioning us. <laughs> yeah, slowly, but we need a Twitter first, or you need a Twitter, and then Whizbang needs a Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, I, so like I so personally, like my the first time I, I recall Lucid so you you remember sitting in your room and playing with your toys. That's interesting. So it was like a pretty much like you were basically just back to your wakeful state. There, there yeah. was not really any, any separation between the two. No, it wasn't until I started exploring further and I thought, you know, because I eventually uh, realized it was a dream because I looked uh, to see my alarm clock. As a, uh, I thought to myself, man, I've been playing for a while. And I look at my alarm clock and I can't see the digital face. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're dreaming. And then I woke up. So, um, you know, it... Uh, it was a slow process of learning how to open the door further and farther and safely um, venture out into a dream space or from a certain point of view, uh, the astral realm, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, and encounter other people, um, other beings um a lot of strange things that beggared belief that's interesting i i i don't have much experience on that on that that deep in it so i definitely want to hear more about that i like uh my first the first time i i think i realized i was dreaming while i was dreaming was uh it came from like a reoccurring night terror and uh Oof. Yeah, so I think that kind of pushed me into it. Um, Definitely can, because it was more like kind of the scenario, like or or the end of the scenario. Like I would, I would go and yeah, like I was like, I must have been, I was in kindergarten, I think, uh-huh. and uh, I remember we lived in this apartment complex, and like part of the dream was I would go downstairs for some reason. Cause I think something bad was happening before that. I don't remember the beginning of the dream, but I would knock on the downstairs neighbor's door and there was another neighbor girl with me and she would open the door and like something, Ooh. something triggered some events. And then she like morphed into kind of like a, your m- movie, witch, you know, image. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some like evil shit happened, but I remember like that kept happening. And I mean, it was like pretty much every night I would have this dream and, uh, just, you know, waking up cold sweats, the whole, the whole nine yards. And eventually I would get to the door and when she would open it, um, I think just like out of fright at some point, I, I shook my head like, no, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, I kept shaking my head and then I woke up. And so then I had the same dream the next night and I tried that again, I tried shaking my head as soon as she opened the door and I woke up. And so then like, that was kind of like my first little key into like being able to control, control something while I was sleeping. Right. No, I, I, uh, definitely feel you there. Um, um, so one of my first, uh, experiences like you had, um, oddly enough, uh, 
it wasn't really a witch woman. It was just a odd person. And I would get to this blue house, middle of the woods, um, and open the door, and she would be there. And it took me a few times, but instead of physically acting, I acted within the dream in accordance to my own imagination. And, uh, well, I blew her head off. And then... <laughs> with um, your mind bullets? With my mind bullets. Fuck so, yeah. um, it, that dream did happen a few times before I, you know, uh, became comfortable enough to realize that it was a gauntlet of some kind in retrospect, I'd say. Um, and so blowing her head off and then exploring that area and realizing that it wasn't an ordinary dream, but a gateway, so to say. Um, Interesting. And using that blue house as, um, for lack of better words, a jump point into other odd areas that might exist somewhere. What does that what does that look like? Well, it's not anything fantastical. It's not like when you're in the Millennium Falcon and you jump to light speed, you just kind of walk through something that shouldn't be walked through, such as like a bookcase or a wall with something in mind, whether it be a place, a person, or um, a feeling even, um, and just letting the current take you there. That's interesting. So <clears throat> kind of, did you experiment with that a lot after that point? After you kind of um, realized that that was your jumping off point? Yeah, that one in particular, um, that one was definitely more tied to a place of hurt it's not a place you know it's not anywhere i've been in real life yeah um abstractly it could be a amalgam of a lot of different places but nowhere specifically that speaks to my mind and memory yeah but um that place was a place of hurt and so i would often wind up at um a really terrifying version of my grandmother's house uh, but it was more like a Castlevania type situation where, uh, like in dreams or like hidden rooms in your house, things like that. Well, this was that, but times 10. And that was another, uh, gauntlet, so to say, where I had to figure out how to get out. Um, it was more of a labyrinth type situation. Okay. And then from there, um, because there are so many antiques in that house um, and it was so closely connected to, you know, my life because it was my grandmother's house um, and there were so many antiques around, I used that in a way to look at the world, if that makes any sense to you. Um, elaborate on that. Like as it's so, like it was a, a, uh, a reference to a certain place or time uh, as a reference to our world, as it was um, 50 or so years ago, or I guess 
back then it would have been, you know, math. 20 or 30 uh, years ago. 30 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, that was a really interesting one for sure. Um, just seeing places, you know, whether it be actual or just the power of my imagination and picking up uh, bits and pieces as I've grown up. Um, but, you know, getting to go to China as it was back then. and That's really cool. Uh, the Middle East, um, spent a lot of time there in my mind in that dream. Uh, <laughs> this is all uh, through dreams. I'm reminding my list, uh, the listeners, <laughs> the listener, <laughs> you uh, just, just zip zapping around, yeah. No, and um, whether those things were accurate or not, I can't say because that was back then and no frame of reference to <laughs> no none 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 whatsoever i mean i had the nat geo channel or not the <laughs> yeah you know the history channel but um you know it was just a very interesting jump point so to say i always thought that was so weird about dreams like how you'll kind of mash up you're talking about the the house maybe being like an amalgamation of a lot of things um i it when I have dreams, a lot of times, whatever house I'm in is kind of the same house, but it's like, it's not a house I've ever lived in, but I think it's like a right. lot of different rooms that for some reason I've connected with and so in one place. That's the tricky thing about how we build houses, um, at least in the West, um, I guess worldwide, uh, unknowingly we're creating little cages for our spirit selves. Um, and that sounds very crazy, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what, that's what a house is. That's what a square is. That's what a cube is. It's primary, you know, application in the occult is a cage and a lot of, um, I don't want to say sacred geometry cause that sounds douchey, but a lot of occult geometry, um, is for caging spirits or entities thoughts uh spirits whatever you want to call them um and allowing yourself to focus on whatever it is that you have in that cage so houses don't die in a house kids don't die in a box that's why they'd be getting haunted bro that's exactly it because a lot of people can't or a lot of spirits i should say can't figure out how to get out because they're in a dreamlike state and their dreamlike state, they keep on adding weird houses into the house that they are currently in. And that's why they're stuck. Uh, it's like a Stephen King book, creating Almost. a, uh, creating a, a box in your head to store away bad things. I mean, in essence, that's what Wizbing is. It's uh it's a, that's a box in my head for all the crazy shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would we be better off? Would our spirits be better off if we all lived in yurts? You know, I don't know. I, I can't cir- make a, no. <laughs> I can't make a prescription on how we should be living or how we ought to be living. Um, in that respect, because it's so convoluted and it's so ingrained in our culture to do things this way because we've always done it this way and no one ever really questions why we do it this way 
Do you know what I'm it's saying? It's too much work, man. Humans are like pretty incredible, but we're also very lazy. We we get set up and then we're like, you know what? Let's just ride this out until uh, the our society collapses around us. This will be fine. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> and that, that's the thing is that people are content and they're content to be uh, inconvenienced and to suffer. Um, and they think that they're suffering well when they're not. And that's the whole point to life is to suffer well. It's not to live this lovely life. A white picket house or white picket fence house you know, life. It's it's to suffer. That's all it is for. It is a I mean, you can't uh, can't enjoy anything if if there's not suffering on, on either side of it. Exactly. That's the thing about Christian heaven that scares me is that it's this good place where all the good God. people go and we don't have any bad thoughts or do anything negative. Yeah, dude, I've had that thought. So like how you, you just like, I can't, it's unfathomable that you wouldn't just go insane after <laughs> a large period of time. You definitely wouldn't. You'd cease to be yourself at that point. <sighs> as soon as you cross that threshold, and you become a part of that place, you're now, you're just a part of God. And that's terrifying if you want to get into that, but I don't know if you could pick my daughter up, but she's having a fit about me being on the podcast. <laughs> are you picking that up? <laughs> nope. Are, are you sure? I'm not. I didn't, had you no idea. You sound like you're lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> you know, I like... I, I know a lot of people get creeped out about this idea, but I've always found it more comfortable to like the idea of, of dying and then just nothing. It just True. seems a lot less uh, daunting to me than like having to do this again or <laughs> go figure it out somewhere else. You'll find that that is often rooted in ego. And I don't want to sound like uh, a practitioner of some Eastern philosophy, but that's ultimately what it is. And you could let that destroy you, or you can overcome it. Um, are you talking about the the want for nothing, or the need for something on the other side? Both at the same time, as uh -huh. you'll find that uh, it's really multifaceted, and it is, uh, I don't want to use the word, but it is quantum, and I hate using that word. Um, it is metaphysical and i hate using that word um it is yes and no at the same time and you just kind of have to thread the the thread the needle yeah i mean there's definitely i mean i i don't have any control over it either way so i don't i honestly don't uh give well, that, it a lot of my time you know that's the funny thing chase is that i'll disagree you disagree with you there uh in that um you do have a choice we all have choices and that's why organized religion is such a driving force uh because they want you to go to their end goal so you can further their end goal in its existence in i don't like using this word the astral realm yeah, you, for sure. I yeah, I definitely I don't like, disagree with that. But I suppose what I'm saying is like I don't subscribe to any of that. Like specifically, um, I mean, obviously, there's you know, I think there's something to be learned from just about any kind of spiritual teaching. 
Um, True. Like, isn't it like just the idea of someone thinking that they know what happens afterwards and then like telling everybody that that's the absolute truth is just so wacky to me, you know, like right. there's, it's, I mean, outside of, you well, know, there's definitely, there's stories of like uh, near death experiences where somebody, you know, did or felt like they had had an experience, you know, for a short period of time on the other side. And like, there's, you know, probably bits and pieces to be learned from that, but I probably is a lot like, uh, a lot like lucid dreaming or, or uh, astral projection. Well, what if I told you that all those people who had those experiences had those experiences and they're all right? What if I told you that none of them even exist? Well, then you'd also be right because they don't exist in any fashion that you understand. No, I mean, just like people in general. People are fake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just me. Well, that is um, a good <laughs> example. Uh, I mean, that is the principle of uh, solipsism, where you are the only entity in the universe. And that is also right, because you're not going to know anything outside of your own perspective. So, yes, you are the only real person, Chase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a weird thought, actually, that I've <laughs> dealt with on some level since I was about three years old. And yeah, that's a <laughs> that was rough as a kid, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you know. I don't know because I didn't talk about it. I suppose we're talking about it now. But sitting in you know elementary school and thinking to yourself, all these people are fake. You're the only you, and it's like shut the fuck up. I'm trying to learn about dinosaurs, and here <laughs> here you are whispering these secrets into my ear. It uh, it's a very uncomfortable philosophy and that is again just rooted in um i guess uh selfishness in a way yeah and, that feels like uh, ego too for sure yeah it is. for sure it does but i mean if that's what you think then that's what well, it will be i don't necessarily it was, it's definitely something i i struggled with as a as a kid like that was like it consumed me from like three to probably 10. I mean, <laughs> it was, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's wild to just be like walking around and realize that there are, you know, all these people that also have all this shit going on. And, yeah. uh, that's an equally uncomfortable thought really. <laughs> it really is. And if you were to like lay out all of the thoughts that people have in a day, it'd be larger than the universe and the universe is infinite. So where does all that shit go? Chase, it goes somewhere. Fuck, I don't even know what that uh, yet, yeah, dude. So what is what is everything? Be careful what be careful what you think about and be careful who you pray to because that is going somewhere. And be careful what you dream about and be careful about the media you consume because that is all going somewhere and forming a reality of what you are thinking about and dreaming about. You know, that's uh that's a so you you read some of the Iron Druid series, right? Yes. Uh, I can't recall because that was a real... That was like a fucking six-year-long bender for me. Yeah. So, I mean, but you, I think you'll understand, you'll, you'll remember this premise, like the way that the... Uh, so in that, in that book, or in that book series, all of the gods, like from every pantheon, exist. And exactly. they exist because of the faith people have for them. Um, exactly. and like the way he writes them is not that they like, you know, 
that that's literally where they come from. Like if, if a being had, you know, was created by somebody and then it gathered enough of a following and there was enough faith power behind it, that being existed, you know, for as long as they believed it did. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a weird thought. And like, it's, well, it's not weird. It's a, it's a cool thought because like on some level that's, that it's gotta be true. You know, um, on, on definitely on some level, it, it, it is definitely true. Um, because on some level, uh, those things are occurring and people are having these connected experiences and praying to these gods and envisioning a particular God. And that's why it's, um, forbidden in every Abrahamic religion, including Christianity to create depictions of that God because it muddies the water and then you spit out different versions of the same God. And that's, and that's where, that's where it becomes so chaotic from a managerial position, like for, um, you know, uh, the Catholic church is that people are praying to so many different Jesuses that the Pope is just, you know, he's, he's in the shit dude, having to sort out all those prayers. Wouldn't want that guy's job. No, definitely not. I mean, you have, you know, priests molesting kids left and right, and then you have to sort out all these prayers because you are people's connection to God. You're the face for this business. And so eh, I'll applaud them for having the idea to elect a temporary figurehead that people can direct their their psychic well-to-dos and wants and needs to. But at the same time, you can't do that and then give people pictures of blonde Jesus, brown Jesus, emaciated Jesus, jacked Jesus, all these different Jesuses. It just completely has um, put a shitty veneer over the Christian, oh, what's the word? Uh, logosphere. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually, that's a funny connection. Um, <laughs> so we were just talking about Iron Druid. There's a, I think it was in like, one of the last books, um, the main character actually goes to Whitefish, Montana, of all places. No and shit. Then, yeah, and then ends up uh, ends up going on a hike up in Glacier National Park somewhere. And when he got up to the top of whatever trail he was hiking, um, <laughs> Jesus actually uh, meets up with him, and he's it's but it's it's a, a specific version of Jesus. It was hippie Jesus made by oh, some uh, some fucking white you know fucking shroom head who's yep. wearing like a tie dye shirt and like showed up with like a bottle of whiskey for the main character or something. I funny connection. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy it. And I enjoy books that explore this thought further because by people exploring these thoughts that, Hey, it's not my God or the highway. It's all gods and hammering down what that means and how we as a species can use that to achieve the unthinkable. Ah, uh, the unthinkable yeah. being f- becoming gods ourselves. Yeah, if only we could stop killing each other over that shit. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> just it. They do it, um, and they have done it. We all have. Um, oh yeah, because we can't handle other gods being real. We have to have our special guy being real. That's what, man, it would, I mean, this would kind of take like a, 
some kind of a return to tribalism, but can you imagine a world where like, you know, first of all, uh, people just did what they believed in <laughs> and didn't, didn't force views onto others. And second of all, like you, you have these pockets of, you know, cultures across the planet that, you know, in, within that culture, they have their beliefs and, and it was sort of localized to that area without it being, you know, we could, we could communicate with each other without uh, having weird hatred because of our belief systems. And, uh, what a, what a thought that would be. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a thought. And we would be on Mars so fucking fast if we could just get along. <laughs> what, what has gone on is that people don't get through their first trauma gate uh, while they're dreaming. They don't get over their trauma while they're awake either. And that trauma drives this um, want to be superior and that in turn spirals into their religion and they on some level realize that if they made their god the only god that they could usher in the world that they want with their god and have um oh judgment day or ragnarok or um, oh yeah, that's know. why you got you know goofy ass American kids hopping planes and going and joining ISIS and shit like that. Yeah, no, because they they feel so abandoned and um, separated from their god. It gives them a cause, and that's what we as humans need is a cause because um, that's how evolution spit us out. Whether mm -hmm. the Anunnaki or uh, some alien force had a hand in that, I can't say for certain. <laughs> uh, there's a. I love the connection to the last episode. There, we went from having yeah. a, a really deep episode about a uh, a cult survivor to, I mean, Brett and I pretty much just rambled about uh, aliens for the entire last episode, and and now we're digging into spiritualism and <laughs> and dream it's magic. It's a strange range of content here on Strange Range. You goddamn right. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Um, so do you have how much time you got left? About uh 14 minutes or so. All right, why don't you give me some recommendations, my dude? So if you haven't ever heard of Terry Pratchett, I think you need to rectify that. And there's no better way to do that than through Audible. They just, uh, they being Penguin uh, Publishing, has re-recorded, re-released uh, the first two right now, um, the Discworld series. The first book being The Color of Magic, and the second book being, oh fuck, what is it? Come on, Nick. The Light Fantastic. Um, they are they are above and beyond uh, any other fantasy book series. If you like it to be sarcastic and dry and very funny, but in a witty way, um, I highly recommend it. Also, as far as listening to music goes, uh, Wizards of the Coast just put out a new uh, compilation album. Oh, really? Of music relating to the Spelljammer uh, Dungeons and Dragons setting, and if you don't know what Spelljammer is, that's okay because it's not that popular. Um, 
it's basically fantasy shit in space um and on the album there's stuff from oh god uh what's his name he's from big fork he's from big fork chase reggie watts yes there's a song by reggie watts on it hell yeah all right um there's it's like 20 artists i want to say and it all relates very heavily to spelljammer so, uh, so it's not like it's not like ambient background stuff. It's an actual album. Oh yeah, it's an actual album. That's cool. I mean, it's not anything that Wizards of the Coast recorded. They just got the the rights to this and put it on an album with fantastic album art. I might add, um, slapped a Dungeons and Dragons logo on it, called it Spell Jams. Okay, and uh, it's it's really good. Right on. That sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, man. I uh, fucking love Audible. (laughs) I do too. It's the only thing that like keeps me grounded sometimes at work um, because you know shit rolls downhill and shit definitely rolls down when your middle manager is an incompetent (laughs) bag of flesh that serves no purpose other than to respirate and then eventually fertilize the earth. (laughs) Everyone has a purpose. (laughs) Yeah, that's what that guy's purpose is. (laughs) <laughs> that and uh, shitting in his own pants that uh <laughs> joe biden's our middle manager by the way basically <laughs> i mean honestly if joe biden was our middle manager at least like he would smile maybe you know <laughs> just because he was confused about where he was yeah no he, he would definitely just be smiling because he's confused but <laughs> i could i could write joe biden off i can't write this guy off <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to keep uh, shouting out Audible until they give me a fucking sponsorship. I've been waiting for that shit. I know, definitely. <laughs> like, they don't even realize how much money I've put into this fucking machine. I'm not, oh, like, yeah. you know, I'm not a, you know, top listener, whatever, but I have 96 books on this bitch. Yeah, I'm at like, I'm at like 120 or something like that right now. Yeah, that's I. They get me with that. Uh, three credits for thirty bucks. Like I'm pretty every frequently. time, every yeah. time that pops up, I'm like, yes, I will do that. <laughs> so I think my recommendations: watch Prey. That was I thought a fantastic movie. I'm a big fan of the Predator franchise. Um, did you see that yet? Uh, not yet. We're still in Sandman, but that's another recommendation. But anyway, yeah, yeah, Prey was fucking fantastic i can't decide where i put it in my lineup for the for that series but it's it's got to be top three um very fucking good may top three or four or or tie for three i don't know it was really fucking i I really like those movies though so that's still saying a lot um except for requiem avp requiem was garbage uh um and i'm actually reading uh, the f- what's the title of it right now? I'm reading a book from the Predator world. It's called Incursion, and it takes place like 300 years in the future. Um, oh. like humans made it off planet, and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. So it's got you know it's it's got your space marine stuff going on, and I I don't know, it. it's good shit. It's good fucking shit. And they talk about even how like the uh, the Marines have turned into the uh, the most influential force in in the sphere of human uh uh what do they call it 
uh, influence. Um, yeah, pretty. It was, it's it's pretty good so far. I'm digging it. Oh, yeah. um, and then I watched Black Phone last night. That was fantastic. Um, one of the best films I've seen in a long time. And there's been some good ones lately. Like oh, Top yeah. Gun, really good. Like there's been some good movies that have come out lately. But yeah, I think Black Phone was definitely up there. Um, and it based off a book by Joe Hill, who is the the son of Stephen King, and you can definitely tell. I haven't read any of his stuff, but I think I will. Um, listeners of the show know that I'm a giant Stephen King dork, and uh, yeah, I think that kind of opened up a. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Are you? Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> I don't. I'm not convinced. <laughs> you I think probably read... haven't even seen it. <laughs> I think I've uh, listened to this year like. 10 Stephen King books. And you're still standing. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't killed myself or like my family. <laughs> no, uh, pet necromancy. Uh, no comment. Oh, dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. I love it. Sometimes things just need to stay dead. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna chop this bitch up and see how it sounds. Um, hopefully, we will do some more of this type of stuff in the future on Discord. Um, I think this worked pretty good. I hope so. Um, I know that uh, it's gonna be a real doozy to put together. Oh, I got this. I got this shit, bud. Right on. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, stay strange. I'll be back uh, next Wednesday. New episodes every Wednesday. Make sure to like and subscribe and uh, leave a comment for the algorithm and the good stuff. Uh, you know, make me some money on this shit because I'm tired Pump of it up. free. <laughs> All right. Like fuck it. yeah, man. Share it. Bye-bye. Peace. Casting.